0: Okay. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, welcome to Free Association. Let me move my microphone. I it up a little bit. There we go. That should be a bit better. In theory, <laughs> we'll see how it sounds when it when it shows up at the other end. It's Sunday, the tenth of July, twenty twenty-two. Uh, it's about ten past eight in the evening. Um, Having a a reasonably chilled out day. Uh, Went up to stand in the park this morning. Spent a couple of hours up there. Came back, fell asleep. But to be fair, I'd been awake for quite a lot of the night. Because it was just warm. Too warm for me. So I'm sleeping during the day more. And awake at night because of the heat. Uh, So I'm going to have to find something to do. That I can do overnight. Which means more podcasting possibly. Uh, But uh, at the moment. I'm trying to get to sleep. But if if I give up. It's 26 degrees at the moment. So it's going to be about 20 degrees tonight. Or maybe maybe 18 degrees. Or whatever it will drop. Clear skies. But uh, it's still going to be very very warm. So. I'm going to have to work out something to do. Uh, probably research. And then I'll do, do a show tomorrow based on that research. I can do research overnight, no problem. And as long as I don't get distracted by pod listening to other people's podcasts, it's perfectly fine. Uh, what I wanted to do tonight is just catch up on the news. I know it's been the Wimbledon men's final this afternoon and there's been drama there, well there's been somebody, somebody's had his head bashed on the way out, apparently, so I'm going to have a quick look at the sports section, if there is one here, let's have a look, I'm on the BBC, so of course there's a sports section, has one Wimbledon there we go. And all that Djokovic I had a feeling he might somehow and uh let's have a read of what the BBC is saying. Let's see how uh how biased or unbiased it is and all the rest of it. So Novak Djokovic underlined his dominance his recent dominance at Wimbledon with a composed and controlled fight back against Australia's Nick Kyrgios I don't know how you say, how you say that. Kyrgyz to win a fourth consecutive men's singles title. Djokovic's seventh SW nineteen men's title and only Roger Federer has more. Victory also moved him one behind Rafael Nadal's record 22 men's majors. Topsy Djokovic made a slower start than his 27 year old opponent, who initially seemed unnerved by playing in his first Grand Slam singles final. But the Serb did not lose belief as he showed all of his experience and now to turn the match around. Uh, He's a bit of a god, I'm not going to lie, I thought I played well, Kyrgios said as he congratulated Djokovic. Losing his winning position began to irritate Kyrgios, who is known for his fiery temperament as well as his exciting tennis. They use a name, name a lot in these, these reports. So that's that's click that's clickbait stuff, isn't it? They're they're using keywords over and over and over again on this. Alright, so you've won. Novak Djokovic is one. I'm gonna watch some of the highlights possibly, if I can find some highlights on YouTube. It was 30 degrees in London. This afternoon, so I'm assuming this was afternoon rather than evening. I thought about watching it on a, they've got a big screen set up in Newcastle at Old Elgin Square and I thought about going up there and watching it live but I fell asleep so that was that I'd prepared to that I could potentially have done a live stream of Wimbledon if I'd gone up there not that I can commentate on on tennis or anything but uh, I could uh, I could describe the scene if nothing else and then there will be commentary from the, the BBC coverage presumably they'd be using um, all right, so from there, where do we go? We go to bit shoot, I think, and just have a look at bit shoot for some news clips. So let's go to news and politics. I want to stick with British news. I think. Let's start with some material from GB News.
1: Who do you think will come out on top in the Tory leadership race? Right, I love this question. I mean, we've been talking about this all week, and there's all these various candidates sort of emerging, and everyone wants to be prime minister. It seems. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah, you should. I'm not a Tory, but it, it doesn't matter, does it? You've got a tie. Yeah, Boris Boris Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> Johnson was a Tory, either, yeah. so he did it. Funny hair. Uh, there we go. What do you uh, think? Uh, I think
2: there's going to be a. We haven't seen all the entrants yet. I think there's going to be there's another be more. I think there's going to be. I can track of the numbers there already. I mean, I mean, the Tories have made a big mistake because, first of all, what what's guaranteed is that once again Britain will have the least attractive leader of the free world. Well, that is guaranteed. This, that all the candidates have? You know. Faces for radios and voices. That, uh, no, I don't think that oh, not, That's not true. It I think true. True. What, no, uh, what's that, uh, Kemi, uh, um,
1: badbadeknock. Bad Badenock? Bad, bad knock? Are we actually seriously going to go through yeah, the ones right. we find attractive? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, that's not <laughs> she's a very beautiful woman, that's yeah. crazy. This is ridiculous, I, I think we're uh, wrong. Jeremy uh, Hunt, i do him. I think this is wrong but you, your sexual taste decide. <laughs> I mean, don't
2: you vote... Okay, so I think the Tories have made... First of all, I think a lot of the gen, general public will be looking at this and the Tories have stabbed Boris in the back. And yeah. what the Tories have forgotten is that all the candidates so far that I've seen, they're all so bland and boring and have zero personality. Say what you like about Boris, but the guy had personality, had so much personality, he got in Northern Labour voters to switch to Conservative. Yeah? None of okay. them are going to vote for... Whoever the hot one is that you said not happening, <laughs> not happening. Well,
1: maybe. Well, Josh, what
2: do you think? Well, put that. Like I said, uh, Kemi uh, Badenoch. When I finally know how to pronounce her name properly, uh, <laughs> Badenoch. Badenoc, I think It's Badenoch. Badenoc, okay. Uh, I, from what I've seen, just reading her statement that she put out in the newspapers, it was good, she, it, it was a good one, and yeah. she and, and and hearing her speak in Parliament about certain issues, uh, it seems to be like she's the, the best fit. She's a woman. She's, she's black, she's incredibly intelligent, she, think, wo- she worked at McDonald's, <laughs> you now going down the route, you know, so... People have said those, that she doesn't have enough experience and things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I believe she has more experience than David Cameron did when he uh, started leading the Conservative Party. Yeah. Mind you, that's not necessarily a good example. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Maybe not, but it'd be interesting to see, because you've got some backbenchers, you, you know, it seems like absolutely everyone is sort of going for it. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I think they do have to address these cultural issues, because I think it does underpin so much of the Red Wall as well, absolutely. actually. Yeah, and I think this has been the really interesting thing, and you've seen this on Twitter today.
2: They have like they've had to step into it, yeah. And that has been because the conversation has moved forward in the last few years. They're talking about certainly this thing about women's rights and trans rights and stuff. Before they could sort of ignore it or and it's interesting now that a lot of these people who are going forward to be PM like they're making that almost like their first statement. Well, it's 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 tough, isn't it? Darius, what is a woman? Uh, someone who wasn't a man. Okay. Someone who's never been a man, someone who's never been... No, no, because that includes me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's
1: true. So. I don't know if that... It's a, it's a harder question than you think. Actually, it's not. People have long said that the culture war is a sideshow to the real business of governance. But this is no longer true. The culture war wins and loses elections. Donald Trump's victory was largely enabled by a backlash against what was perceived as political correctness, whereas Hillary Clinton's attempt to divide the electorate up according to group identity clearly backfired. Even our own referendum about our membership of an international trading bloc degenerated into mudslinging with Leave voters constantly smeared as racist and bigoted even though studies repeatedly show that we live in one of the least racist countries in the world. An important question about the future of our democracy was misrepresented, in other words, as a question of good versus evil, a bit like Disney, but without all the catchy show tunes to make it worthwhile. And this is because culture warriors are largely fighting monsters of their own imagination. There was a large protest in London a couple of days ago. People were protesting for trans rights. And while I support anyone's right to protest peacefully, It isn't clear to me what rights trans people don't already have. One protester carried this placard. You're ignoring the start of trans genocide." I don't disbelieve that this person honestly thinks there's a genocide going on, but on what possible grounds? There have been no murders of trans people in the UK for three years, and only eight have been killed since reporting began in 2008. None at all in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. It's the same story across Europe, with 26 European countries reporting no murders of trans people in the same period. Of course, any violence towards trans people is unacceptable. It's just thankfully not very common. And of course, just because I've never met anyone who hates trans people, that doesn't mean they don't exist. And of course, there are people who are discriminated against for the way they identify. But the point is that such discrimination is already illegal. Everyone in the UK has equal rights under the law. There are societal problems, as there will always be. Genocide? Really? This is why the culture wars only ever seem to escalate, because people are determined to see evil everywhere and to mischaracterise those who disagree with them. Look at the reaction of culture warriors to the Conservative Party leadership race. Jolly and Maugham, the barrister most famous for beating a fox to death with a baseball bat while wearing a kimono, posted this tweet directly to Rishi Sunak. Do you think the members of your party are ready to select a brown man, of Rishi? And what about this? from the activist Dr. Shola Bamimu. Now, in in this tweet, she's claiming that Tory leadership candidate Kemi Badenoch seeks to enable white supremacy against black people, even though Badenoch is black. And Dr. Shola finishes her tweet with the charming phrase, she can crawl back into her mother. Why is it that so many of these activists who claim to be on the right side of history are so unpleasant and lacking in basic human empathy? And then there's this from Nadine White, the race correspondent for The Independent. Can you imagine a black or Asian person leading the Conservative Party? Well, yes, we can, because Boris Johnson's cabinet was the most ethnically diverse ever. Whenever you think about the Tories, they've had far more ethnic minority cabinet ministers than Labour ever has, three times as many, in fact. So anyone asking this question is obviously so committed to their fantasy world that they can no longer pull away from it. Culture warriors reduce everything to good and evil, and they tend to do so along the lines of group identity. This is why they call everyone who disagrees with them on any point racist, homophobic, transphobic, even fascist. And when decent people who believe in equal rights for everyone are smeared in this way, they naturally become resentful. But this is the lesson lost on the culture warriors. You'd have thought that having called everyone racist if they supported leaving the EU and then losing that referendum, and then calling anyone who supported the Tories racist and losing the general election too, these people might reflect and understand that, Maybe calling everyone racist isn't exactly a winning strategy. But no, obviously, it's just that they didn't call people racist enough. And now they're even saying that a black candidate for the Tory leadership would be complicit in white supremacy. This is nuts. So we're dealing with fantasists here, but they are powerful fantasists. Culture warriors have infiltrated all of our major educational, artistic, civic, and corporate institutions. They're completely entitled to have a voice, of course. But at the moment they are dominating society with their bullying and intimidating tactics. Why else would schools be teaching kids that there are over 100 genders? Why else would councils be removing statues and renaming streets even though poll after poll reveals that only a very small minority are supportive of such revisionism? Why else would employees at major corporations be sitting through training sessions which berate them for their white privilege and unconscious biases? Why else would the College of Policing, the body that instructs our law enforcement agencies be ignoring the High Courts and the Home Secretary when they're told that the investigation of non-crime hate incidents is unlawful. And the Tories have frankly been hopeless at addressing this problem. They've even contributed to it. Labour have been somewhat worse, but at least they're not in power yet. So actually, it is important that our next Prime Minister knows what a woman is and is brave enough to say it out loud. It is important that our next Prime Minister stops kowtowing to activists who say we need to erase our cultural heritage, remove books from shelves that they find offensive, and put the luminaries on the past on trial for wrong thing. It is important that our next Prime Minister asserts the centrality of freedom of speech, without which none of our other freedoms can possibly exist. That's why the Tories need to choose a new leader Who's actually going to tackle these culture warriors, these fantasists who are trying to drag us all onto their fairy tale battlefield to scrap with the ghosts of their fevered imaginations? While activists have so much power in society, you need a government that is willing to stand up to them.
3: I believe they are in trouble if there was an election. I, I, I also agree with them about the fact that in politics and the prime ministerialship is more than just the one man. There is a system behind it which we now have to rely on, and I accept that. I, I think if there was a general election, I think there'd be loads of people who would want one. Again, the MP said no one wants it, Brenda from Bristol, all of that. Well, well that's just not true there's quite a few people percentage-wise who would want one i personally wouldn't be calling for one at this moment because i've got faith and confidence in the way that the tories are going to put a prime minister up front and then the tory party members will be able to vote for it and then let that individual man or let that individual bed in or maybe hit the ground running and see how she or he performs and then you can say look this is like a sinking ship we demand a general election. I think you
4: need to give it time. A little bit they should have given Boris time. Really, I mean, we had a pandemic. We had loads of things. He never really got stuck in. What do you think? No. Um, well, look. No. Of course, I don't want a general election
5: at all. And of course Kidama does want one. No, I don't think he does. I think he's saying it. I, really? I think he's got I think he's got too big for his boots. No, I really do. Saying. But there is there is no way. Look, the people have voted for a Conservative manifesto and it's up to um you know them to decide who the leader's gonna be. And all this chaos yeah, right. and noise it's not it, it's not forever. It's just now until we get yeah. the new Prime Minister.
4: I don't believe him. He's just saying that to make it sound like he feels strong and that he's going to win, but he knows full stop. And most people are saying that even if he did have a general election, I still think that the Conservative Party would win it because the Labour Party are so... Unpopular. I, I, I think the,
3: the new leader, forgive me, I think the new leader should definitely tweak the 2019 manifesto. Now, part of that manifesto was to achieve net zero by 2050, and people said that's a great idea. How can you argue against that? But then all of a sudden, the gritty reality of how you achieve a net zero by 2050 kicks in. You've got 25% green levy tax on your energy bills. My energy bills are £300 a month. 25% of that's that 50 quid up from
4: the last time. What are you doing
3: You've got a great memory. I, I think I did say 250 <laughs> last time. But I think in October when the cap's off, I think it's going to be yes. 300 quid. So I hope people can just sort of draw the, from the energy of the working class man and woman away from North London. Just draw, absorb the energy. Because... People, they want a net zero, but they don't expect to be bankrupt in order to achieve it. I don't know net whether zero. people do want a net zero. Yeah, I, that's
4: think, right. actually, I actually think that if a candidate comes along and says that we're going to stop this net zero nonsense, uh, and I think that would be even yeah. a hotter ticket than the taxes. Because if you do that, I think that's what people want. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of, I, I appreciate Quentin no. was talking all about electric cars. He yeah. told me how uh, he only had to wait 20 minutes whilst it was charging. And I thought, well, that's all right if you're a single Man in, a, in those cars, I think it's the Tesla ones yeah. where you can charge it anywhere, and it would have cost you almost fifty grand. That's fine. But that's it, but, but no, first of all, a I can't afford one of those. Yeah, B, I don't. I can't afford twenty minutes. I'm a busy woman.
3: Yeah,
4: and see, well. I just think they're too heavy, and I don't, I don't I want one. I'd
3: love a politician to rip the net zero thing up, you know, have the balls to do it. Lizzie please can stop, me stop the
5: bicycle it. lanes, though, please. I got stuck in traffic the other night with those bicycle lanes. Over. I mean, not, London is like gridlock most of the time. It's nightmare. But just saying about this infight with the Conservative Party, it is going to stop. It is going to stop. It has to stop, because this is where people have lost faith. And and the thing is, what I'm thinking is, who would Keir Starmer really dread to have be be against for the next
4: All of them. Any of them. Uh, Any of them. um,
5: And who would he might want? I mean, who isn't very good at the sparring? I mean, that's what he he would want.
4: I think he would probably want someone like, I think Tom Tugendhat is quite a divisive person in that. I don't mean him personally. I mean, as in, some people really like him and some people hate him. And he would divide things quite substantially. So I don't think that he would be somebody that could unite people. I think someone who could unite people more would probably be someone, even though he behaved like uh, Brutus um, in Julius Caesar. Um, I would say Nadine Zahar would probably be the one. But then they all behaved like... Um,
5: I mean, I mean who, how can you, as a country, have your faith in him when he, so he was made, you know, he supported the Prime Minister, was the new Chancellor,
4: because, yeah, but, but he also voted to leave, and he's also done a pretty good job as Education Secretary. So
3: isn't that's it well. curious, just finally? Isn't it curious that the bunny boilers who loathe conservatives on TV and radio mm. that they haven't reacted to the lineup? The lineup is of, I think, five women, six blokes. There are people of different colours on there, and they're the bunny boilers who want to paint conservatives as racist to the very root.
4: Well, Lido, you know, that's interesting because I, I was listening on on the radio, and it was like, oh, but not, you know, it's somebody of colour and this and that. I thought to myself, that's interesting because I didn't actually think about that, and it's interesting that, that that's been brought in by it feels like I don't know whether it's mainstream or whatever, but another narrative. Whereas no nobody is really talking about that. I'm I'm more interested in what they can offer. Yes, I don't care what colour they are. I couldn't give two hoots. No. you know I, I I'm not interested. What are, what are they saying? Is it true? And do I trust them? And the answer is no for all of them, by the way. Uh, but who who who? Who do I trust? Of those, out of those? all of them, whom I trust the least, basically. Who is that? You okay. haven't told me who you want to. Yeah, I don't you know. like? oh, well, come on. Well, okay, look, as I said, out of all of them that I think would do a decent enough job would probably be someone like Nadine Zahal. But then I don't like the way he behaved towards Boris at the end. I thought that was terrible. I don't think Sajid Javid has the gravitas in the sense he has the charisma me, he's the only one that has a mix of a level of charisma, a level of energy and strength and power that would... Bring people towards him. That's what
5: I think. But I know I keep going on about him. But Tom Tugendhat, he has fought oh, for talk. our country. He's he's fought know more b- bullets than I've had hot dinners. You know he. Oh, he, don't mention hot, b- hot dinners. You know, he, oh, he, he showed, hot it. It's the time of the day. Huh? Don't mention <laughs> do hot dinners. Hungry, so, but you know he's got the leadership sk- skills, and people keep saying, "Well, he hasn't been in the cabinet." But he, you know, look at what he's achieved in his life. You don't need to be. To Tony Blair wasn't in the cabinet. No, David Cameron wasn't in the
4: cabinet. No, exactly. Or kiss, Lama all, these, all the losers
0: that you've listed, interesting. Alright, I think that's probably enough. That was the uh, the summary of what's been going on on GB News today. It's the clips that are on BitChute, at least. Um, Tom Tugendhat gets mentioned. He's been to Bilderberg, I think, if I'm uh, being given accurate information, which I may not be. So he's... He's marked out as foreign secretary, allegedly, and uh, maybe next time he'll be prime minister. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be prime minister this time round. I don't know who's going to be Tory leader this time round. My uh, my conservative friends seem to think that Rishi Sunak is being placed there. He's obviously he's had a campaign being built since Christmas so for six months. He's been building a leadership campaign quietly. Um, and he's clearly, is a, a, from the Tory point of view, he's a safe pair of hands. But uh, I still don't trust him. But I don't trust any of them, really. Um, so Rishi Sunak is odds-on favourite amongst the people that I've spoken to that are Conservatives, which is one person so far. Um... Yeah, so and the, the idea that the whole thing is a, 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 set up, a set up as a drama to get Boris out is, is obviously true because the, the resignations were being um, suggested about a week and a half ago, a couple of weeks ago, be, way before they actually happened, people were talking about will, will Cabinet Ministers resign at this point. So there was a process of creating a drama to push Boris out. That clearly was there. Um, it gives gives room for Rishi Sunak, who's the most prepared at the moment, I think. He's the most pre-planned. So he's he's probably going to get it. In all honesty, the Tories don't care that he's domiciled in America for tax purposes and that he's... His wife's company was wasn't paying tax in Britain, or whatever it was, whatever that that drama was. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, when when Rishi Sunak was suggested for the Tory Party leadership, the, the press went after him. So he's got that out of the way, and in a sense, once it's out of the way, once it's public, it's public, and then you can just then you can just select him without worrying about it because people know. And it's not going to be, it's, it's out of the way way before an election, or way before a general election at least. So once, I, once everything's in the open, then there's a clear run to the general election and people know the things that would have come out in our election campaigns. So it makes it easier to fight the election campaign with Rishi Sunak in place. So I think that's probably what's going to happen. If I if I was a betting man, I would say Rishi Sunak will 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 get the job, the prime minister's job. Um, I don't know who they'll put in as chancellor. Maybe now Adams how will stick stick as chancellor. So I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but we're coming up to half an hour now, so I'm going to wrap this up. And uh obviously there's plenty plenty of conservative party leadership drama to come during the summer it keeps me occupied it keeps me away from genocide and eugenics so I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the psychodrama drama to some extent because it keeps me away from from eugenics um there we go so that's it for tonight. I'll see you again tomorrow.